0: And it's a joy to welcome you this evening in the middle of the week to what we trust through the ministry of the blessed Holy Spirit of God will be a time of encouragement, help, blessing and refreshing in your life in the middle of the week. God has been so good. The trials remain, the struggles remain, but the greatness of God prevails over all of these things. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure that we can come together and we can worship the Lord, praise the Lord, get instruction for living, and find in His Word the blessing that we need. Pastor Kelly, will you pray for us tonight that the blessing of God will prevail upon this time that we have together?
1: Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many heavenly blessings that you poured out upon us In even these trying days, Lord, we have your word that guides us and blesses and helps our hearts to stay encouraged. We have the filling of your Holy Spirit that fills us each and every morning as we cry out to you and ask for your blessing and your help and your filling. Father, we thank you for the blessing we have of one another to be together on the live stream and for uh, friends and family and loved ones that we can contact uh, over Zoom and over the phone and build relationships and have time to spend time together now that we're all home Uh, during this time of COVID. I pray that you'll just bless and direct and guide us. We pray for our doctors and our nurses and first responders that bless us by taking care of those that are very sick with COVID and just uh, other diseases and sicknesses. We thank you for them. We pray that you'll bless their lives, bless their service, uh, help them as they're taking care of others. We think of our police officers and our firefighters and uh, others that are serving us on the farms and the factories and keeping essential work going. We pray that you'll bless them and their families as well during this time. We thank you during this season of Thanksgiving that we can look to you and truly be thankful for your help and your protection and blessing in our lives, your guidance uh, in leading, dear Father, us each and every day. As the hymn says, Lord, as I seek your guidance for the day and I find my thoughts unyielding and confusion clouds my way, I look to you and I look to your word. And I have the light and the encouragement that I need. Now bless us as we study your word and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12
0: verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are various gifts or varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another by the same Spirit, faith, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, To another, the the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But, one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. That's a great passage of Scripture. And
2: it really is uh, kind of the key to um, not only this lesson, but the next two lessons that will follow i think next week we'll be having our thanksgiving praise service and don't forget the church business meeting tomorrow night at seven o'clock if you're a member of the church you need to join us for that on zoom pastor kelly will send out an invitation for that right
0: that's been sent out and we'll try to send one out again tomorrow Amen. and uh it's going to be a, b- a blessed time this is not going to be a knockdown drag out Uh, but it will be informative and bring people up to date with what's happening and a couple of things legally that we have to take care of. Sure. It won't be long, I'm sure of that. But
2: but it is important that you're there if you're a member of the church. We'd like to have you there. Anyway, we're continuing our study tonight of the thriving church and what it is for a church to grow and thrive, uh, written by my friend Dean Taylor, who's now teaching up at Faith Baptist Bible College. And we're in lesson number five, which talks about gifts from the ascended Christ, Ephesians chapter four and verse seven is kind of the key verse for this lesson, and it goes along with what Pastor just read for us. Ephesians chapter four and uh, verse seven, and then we'll be in a lot in the book of Ephesians and in other places here tonight. But the idea here in Ephesians chapter four, verse seven, is to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Now. It's important for us to understand that the value of a gift is a lot of times wrapped up in who it was that gave it to you. These rings are important to me because of the young lady that gave them to me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not have any great value in and of themselves, but they are very very valuable to me because my wife gave them to me. And I have a few other trinkets in my office. If you look in your notes there, you can see a couple of them. One of them is a trinket that I got a, a pastor friend of mine from from Guam sent this, basically it's a piece of broken up concrete from the floor of an old building they tore down over there. It was an old chapel, it was our old church auditorium, and it had been beaten up by typhoons and all sorts of things, and they finally decided to take the building down. But he sent me a piece of that building and a little note thanking me for my service in the church during those years, and just as a memento, and I keep that right on my desk to remind me of some good years of ministry. Amen. And because of where it came from, it's valuable to me. I have something else in my office that I very seldom ever look at, and that is an, an old copy of the Amplified Bible, and uh, and and I have a an old steel metal uh, book book. Uh, what do they call it? A, a book and book right. a bookend that that's it looks like a German Shepherd dog. Yeah. It's really really pretty ugly. Matter of fact, I think many years ago I spray painted it because it was so ugly. But I kept it, I keep it because that Bible, that old Amplified Bible, has inside it markings from my father. And that old dog was on my dad's bookshelf. And those are the two only things that I, the only two things that I know that I own that belong to my dad. They're, they're not special because of their value. They're special because of who they belong to and who, who they were passed on, who, who passed them on to me. This tie I'm wearing is not one of my favorites, frankly. I'm wearing it. It's very loud. It's louder than most that I would wear. I have another tie here with me uh, that's purple. I don't particularly care for purple. But both of these ties are special to me, and I've kept them for years because of the people who gave them to me. My father-in-law gave me this. I think he gave it to me on a dare. didn't know if I'd even actually wear the thing. But this tie came from dr bob jones jr he 's the Chancellor of the University where I went to school in undergrad, and he probably paid three dollars for it in a Chinese market someplace. but he brought this to me and he gave it to me. I started to put it on tonight, but it 's so beat up and worn i 've had it taped together and glued together just so that I could keep it keep it because it 's special, not because of what it cost or what, it, what the actual monetary value of. It is, but because of who gave it to me. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about special gifts that have been given to us from the greatest person we could ever receive a gift from. And that is the ascended Jesus Christ, the one who went to heaven. But he left gifts for us. Ephesians 4, 7, to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. There are special gifts that God has given to us. Gifts for the church, gifts to accomplish his purpose, pastor read about them in first Corinthians chapter twelve, but uh, why are these gifts so especially important because of who gave them to him to, gave them to us? There are three points that we're looking at tonight: one the ascended Christ that's the one who, that's the source of the gift. Uh, then we have christ's gifts to the church, and that is what are those gifts and then Thirdly, how those gifts are distributed to us and to our churches. It's important that we understand these things. And uh, this really kind of lays the groundwork for the next two lessons uh, that we will have that follow that deal with pastors and each individual church. But let's take a look at the ascended Christ. Who is this? What is so important about this? You know, in history, there have only been three people who have left this earth alive without a spaceship. And uh, one of those was a man named Enoch, the other one was a man named Elijah, and then there's the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the only three that ever left this earth alive and, uh, and went straight up into heaven. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 3 we see that Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. I don't know what that was like. Enoch and the Lord had such a relationship that finally one day the Lord was just enjoying their fellowship so much that he just took him on home to heaven to be with him. What a a testimony that man had. And then we know of Elijah and how he was walking along the road there with uh, with Elisha, the man who was to follow him, and God sent a fiery chariot with fiery horses to come down and to get him. And uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11 says, There appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. Quite, quite an ordeal. Quite a surprise, I'm sure, to Elisha. Now, but Jesus is different than both of those men, in that Jesus Christ was God before he came to this earth in flesh, and then he died, these men didn't, He died and then in his own strength and in his own power because he is God, he rose from the grave triumphantly and then ascended to heaven to return to the right hand of God where he reigns in heaven. Enoch and Elijah walked with God. That's an amazing testimony. That's something for you and me to follow. But Jesus Christ is God. And so any gift that he gives to us is very special. Um, In 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, it says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then in the Gospels, we have the record of the ascension. In Luke chapter 24, verse 51, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says, He was lifted up, and while they were looking on, and a a cloud received him out of their sight. I like what Mark chapter 16 and verse 19 says. When the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, the disciples who were there, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. You know, Enoch left behind a son, Methuselah, the oldest man who ever lived. I like the little jingle. The oldest man who ever lived died before his father did. Uh, That's because Enoch didn't die. And then you have Elijah, and he left something behind. When he took off to heaven in that fiery chariot, his mantle fell, and it landed there at the feet of Elisha. That mantle wasn't worth a whole lot. I'm sure it meant a lot to Elisha, though. It was an old piece of leather sheepskin, kind of an overcoat made out of rugged, rough sheepskin. Elijah was a simple man who who wore rough clothing and nothing very fancy. I'm sure this wasn't really valuable. It was a used coat like you'd find at the Salvation Army. And yet here it was something that Elisha picked up and used, and he kept it special, like this old tie, uh, because of who it belonged to before it fell to his ownership. But you know what? We have even greater gifts that have been given to you and to me as Christians, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of who gave them to us. The value is in the giver, not so much in the gift. And they are spiritual gifts that Christ left for the church. Our Savior left these gifts for us so that we can continue his building of his church and reaching the world with his gospel these gifts were left behind by the savior of the world the one who conquered sin and the grave dean taylor says this it reminds us again the most important element of a gift is the person giving it As we think of Thanksgiving and we think of Christmas coming up soon, I'm sure that we're going to receive some gifts that we would only keep because of who sent them to us. And here now we're going to get some, we're talking about the gifts from from the Lord Jesus Christ. A gift from a historical character like Elijah or Enoch would be very special. Any other Bible character, I'd love to have uh, David's spear, wouldn't you? Uh, or the sword that he used to cut off Goliath's head. Wouldn't that be special to have hanging on your office wall? I don't know about that. But, but it'd be interesting to have some of these things. But but nothing is as special as the gifts that God has, has given to us and that you and I possess at this very moment. And sometimes we just forget the value of them. Tonight I want to remind you of those things. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10... It says there, again, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Now, verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 4 is a quote from Psalm 68. Psalm 68. So if you want to look at that psalm, you can see it, and we'll read a few verses from it as I go through my notes. But Psalm 68 talks about God uh, being victorious over the enemy. He's the conqueror over all of his enemies. He's a righteous king who wins his battles. And in particular, it's talking about Jesus Christ, overcoming sin in the grave Psalm chapter 68 verses one and two says let God arise let his enemies be scattered and let those who hate him flee before him as smoke is driven away so drive them away as wax melts before the fire so let the wicked perish before God it talks about how that's speaking about how overwhelming is God's power over all of his enemies and how 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 victorious he is over anyone who would dare. To fight against him. You know, in ancient days when kings would go to battle, they would leave their thrones in the in their palaces, and they would go down and they put on their armor, and they didn't just send out the generals, and they didn't just send out the armies. They went out and led those armies into battle. And they went right down into the battle with them. And when then they became victorious they rose again Uh, to a place of prominence, and the defeated king would kneel before the, the, the king who had won the battle. And at the end of the battle, everything that the defeated king had then belonged to the king who won the victory. Uh, There's a political way that looks at as well. I read this uh, online today, or this week as I was working on this. During a congressional debate in 1831, a New York Senator, William L. Marcy, used the phrase, to the victor belongs the spoils. This saying accurately describes the spoils system of appointing government workers. Each time a new administration came into power, thousands of public servants were discharged or fired, and members of the victorious political party took over their jobs. Uh, the attitude that to the victor belong the spoils undoubtedly goes back to the first time there were victors. And God is victorious over all of his enemies. Sin, Satan, death, the grave, all of it. He is, Jesus Christ has conquered it. And so therefore he owns everything that is there in the world. He is the, the, the owner of all of the spoils of battle. Now, the Apostle Paul recognized in verse 18, that this of uh, uh, Psalm 68, uh, that it is a prophetic statement about the ascended Christ, the one who won over death. And in Psalm 68, verse 18, it says, You have ascended on high, the ascended Christ, you have led captive your captives, you have received gifts among men, or the spoils of battle, even the rebelli- among the rebellious also that the Lord may dwell there. He owns the land now. Then as the conqueror, Christ has the right to share the bounties of all his victories with you and me. I was reading in another study Bible, and I came across Psalm 68, verse 18. Because Psalm 68, verse 18 says something about him um, uh, giving gifts. Uh, Paul, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he gave gifts to men. In Psalm 68, it says he received gifts among men. Now what does that mean? I looked up the words and got an understanding of the Hebrew, and it means that he received the gifts of the spoils with the privilege of the right of being able to give those and share those with his his followers and those who were faithful to him. So when Jesus Christ overcame Satan and sin and the grave, he won the right to not only gain all the benefits of that victory, to share those victory, the the spoils with you and me, and all of the good things that go along with that. In the book of Philippians, uh, the uh, the apostle Paul talks also about this passage. It's a very famous passage of scripture in Philippians chapter two. Mark 16, verse 19, I want to read that again before we go on. It says, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's what Paul's talking about in Philippians chapter 2. He's victorious over the enemy, and now he's sitting back on his throne and has the right to share what he has earned through the battle with you and me. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, and taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, he descended. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He descended by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, the victory that came from it, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. He's ascended so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, like the one who's been defeated, of those who are in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the victor uh, to the glory of God the Father. As the victorious king, Jesus is worthy of all honor and praise. And he won the rights of the victor and the spoils of the battle, and he wants to share those with you and me. In Psalm 68, verse 6, the the, uh, writer of the book of Psalms wrote, God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. He does that because he won the battle. Psalm 68, verse 10, you provided in your goodness for the poor, O God, because he won the battle. If Psalm 68, verse 12, she who remains at home will divide the spoil. David did this with the people who remained home and watched over the the stuff as other men went into battle. It was a tradition that happens. Those who win the battle and those who go into the battle share the spoils with those who may not have gone into the battle. But they're part of the family. They're part part of the group of people who are followers of him. Psalm 68 verse 35 ends with, O God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength and power to the people. Blessed be God. Jesus Christ, the victor over sin and death, is sharing his power and his strength with you and me for the purpose of continuing the work that he, is, uh, he has for us to do. What are those gifts? We mentioned them before. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit and, uh, and the spiritual gifts that he's given to us in the church But let's go a little deeper into our understanding of this as we enjoy uh, these gifts as children of the king uh, who won the battle and ascended to heaven. Christ's gifts to the church. That's point number two now. Our gifts from the ascended Christ are twofold. First of all, he sent the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, he gave us resources or gifts to accomplish our calling as his servants. Let's take a look at the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful gift this is. Jesus promised this even before he went to the cross. He sat down with the disciples and was teaching them and talking to them. and he, he told them that he was going to be leaving. But he indicated that it was a good thing that he was going to be leaving because after he left he was going to be sending the Holy Spirit to help them in their ministry. In John chapter 14 verse 26, Jesus said, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I think last week we had so much information. I was talking to some people about it. They said, wow, that was a lot of information. And I'm sure you forgot half of what I taught you. But hopefully the Holy Spirit will bring these things back to you as we go through these lessons as we continue on. In John chapter 15 verse 26, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth who perceives from the Father. He will testify of me, and you will testify also. The Holy Spirit enables us not only to remember what Christ taught us, and it also enable, He also enables us to testify of what we have learned. In John chapter 16 verses 7 and 8, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You and I are merely messengers, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that reaches into the hearts of people to accomplish his work in their hearts, to bring them to the place of repentance, to bring them to the place where they see the need to change. Then, Uh, That was the promise before Jesus went to the cross. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see when that promise was fulfilled on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was sent down. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 120 disciples all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves. I wonder what that looked like. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, there were other people around who saw what was going on here, and the Jewish believers at Jerusalem were then enabled to speak in known languages in the world that they had previously not been able to speak. The Holy Spirit enabled them to do this in such a way that the gospel of salvation was spread uh, into every language so that all those who heard could hear the gospel in their own language. What a miraculous thing that took place there that day because of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter stood and preached a a really powerful, soul-stirring sermon uh, that resulted in over 3,000 people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, being baptized, and then joining the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 23, this Jesus again raised up Uh, This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this, the coming of the Holy Spirit, which you both see and hear. It was something that everyone knew had happened. The presence of the Holy Spirit, coupled with that powerful preaching of God's word, brought a glorious harvest of souls that day. And as I said before, 3,000 people came to know Christ as Savior, were baptized, and joined the church in Jerusalem. And the local church of Jerusalem was really established firmly that day. In Acts chapter 2, verse 40, And with many other words, Peter solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So when those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about, So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So the coming of the Holy Spirit, the gift that comes from the ascended Christ, the Holy Spirit, is a wonderful thing that he has given to the church. It brings power, it brings, it brings fruitfulness, it brings conviction to sinners, it brings encouragement to believers to be faithful in the work that God has called them to. And then he also is, is, is part of what happens when we receive the second part of the gift, and that is these unique and various, as a Pastor read, the variety of spiritual gifts that God gives to the local church. The gifts of the Spirit are listed in several passages throughout the New Testament. We'll get into those in a future lesson, but you can read about them in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And Pastor read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 today that list off spiritual gifts. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of service, gifts of teaching, gifts of exhortation, gifts of those who have the ability to give, uh, those who lead, those who show mercy uh, talks about wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing and miracles and prophecy and spirits and uh, tongues and the interpretation of tongues. All these different gifts that God gives, gave to the local church throughout history and in our present day things that he's given to us to be used for his glory. Uh, now, I like what First Peter has to say about this. In First Peter chapter 4, he takes all of those gifts that you can read, and I've, seen, I've been to places where I went to a seminar one time, and they said, help, uh, let's help you find your spiritual gift. And I took another test in another place one time. Help you find your spiritual gift. And those were helpful to me. But the, the important thing is that we know that there, all of these various gifts, and some people have more than one spiritual gift, but these various gifts are basically divided into two big groups. The groups of proclaiming and the groups of advancing the gospel. All of them are involved in that. But there's some who speak and there's some who, uh, who, who serve. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This is a gift that was given to us. The stewardship of the gift that God has given to us. Verse 11 says, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. You can't be fearful. If God's given you the gift to speak, speak up for him. I know of a young man right now I'm working on. I think God's given him a gift to speak. And I'm trying to help him get a sermon ready. And hopefully one of these days we'll put him to to work. Um, But then we also have those who serve. It says in the end of verse 11, Whoever serves is to do... So as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. You may, not be ever, you may never preach a sermon. It may not be your gift, it may not be your calling. You may be so terrified of speaking in front of people that that you would you would just die before you preached the sermon i've heard many times uh, that we should that as a preacher, I was told I needed to be ready to preach, pray, or die at any given moment and I can tell you for a truth that there have been times I wanted to do all three at the same time but uh, but there are also those just because you have not been given the gift to stand in a pulpit and or, or sit here before a, a camera and, and thump on a table or, or speak to people, uh, doesn't mean that you don't have a spiritual gift. There are those who serve in other ways. And uh, all of these gifts are given for one purpose, and that is the glory of the Lord and to accomplish His, or two purposes, the glory of God and the accomplishment of His work here in the local church. So let's take a look at this thing of proclaiming. Some of us have been given that gift of public speaking, teaching and preaching in the truth of God's word. Uh, Besides preachers and teachers, some of us have been given the gift of evangelism. We know of people in our church who have that just wonderful gift of taking any situation. I I know one lady, she, she was on a bus and somebody got stabbed and she went through the whole bus and asked everybody if they were going to go to heaven if that had happened to them. That's a special gift. Not everybody could get away with that. Uh, but she did that day, and I think God used her. And then we have, that's that, that gift of being able to speak, knowing what to say at the right time. And then there's the gift of advancing. And that's most of the people in churches. They're the people who serve behind the scenes. They take out the trash. They they set up the tables. They organize things. They drive buses. They are... They, uh, they, they, they take up offerings, they, they, they sit and listen and enjoy a sermon and then live it out in their daily lives. They give to the work of, those, of the church, they use their minds and they use their physical strength to accomplish God's work. But notice that verse 11 of 1 Peter chapter 4 says uh, that these gifts, whether they're proclaiming or whether they are advancing by working behind the scenes, all, so these gifts are given so that all things, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Again, that doesn't mean that those of us who have the gift of gab are off the hook when it comes to carrying tables when it's needed. Or even cleaning toilets if that's what we are called to do. Pastor Kelly had to fix a toilet the other day. And here he's he one did. of the preachers in the church. Uh, he's running wires all over the church right now to try to get the get the cameras up and and to make things work there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that has to happen, but he's also called to speak and to preach and he does a good job of it. I hope you come to his Sunday school lessons on sunday mornings and then and then uh those of you who have this You say, well, I I can never talk in front of people. You're not off the hook either because we've all been called to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It may be just your family, your fathers. It may be your children, your mothers. It may be your children. You children, it may be your friends. I remember leading a friend to Christ. Uh, when we were very young, and uh, he knelt at the swing set in my backyard and, and and bowed his head and asked Jesus to save him. Now, he was Catholic, and he never came to our church. He was afraid he was going to get excommunicated. We didn't know what that meant, but it sounded like execute, so he never came to our church. But uh, we did try. Now, we all have gifts, and we're all supposed to be using those gifts for God's glory. Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 10 says, that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in Him. Mm -hmm. You and I have been saved to serve. And when you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit, and you received a gift, one gift, two gifts, some gift, that you are to use in the Lord's service. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, To each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. The gifts he gives are for building up the church. They are included in that grace package we receive at salvation. I like the illustration my friend Dean used. Uh, his, he likes to grill out in his backyard. And uh, and his grill had gotten kind of worn out. And so his family gathered a bunch of money together and they went out and bought him a beautiful stainless steel grill, set it out on the deck for Father's Day, and gave that to him on Father's Day. It had five burners. It had all the extras. It was just, just a fantastic uh, grill. But he understood that there were strings attached to that gift. They expected to eat some of those hot dogs and hamburgers and brats that he, and the chicken that he was going to grill on that grill. If it just sat out there on the back porch and just looked pretty on the on the, on the porch, uh, that gift would not have been appreciated very much. And you know, that's the way it is with you and me. We have been given gifts, and they're beautiful gifts, and they're wonderful gifts. The Holy Spirit and the special gift that's been given to us. But God has some strings attached to it. Now, we don't work for our salvation. We work because of our salvation. We have been given these gifts for the purpose of doing something through the local church to accomplish God's work in this place. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul wrote, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. You have been called to something. I have been called to something. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? We've been given great riches from the ascended Christ. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? He's given us power to serve him. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him in the, at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You understand that our local church is a representation of the ascended Christ here on this earth in this place. And we've been given a job to do. We've been given a responsibility. We're going to be held accountable for what we do with the gift that has been given to us. I like the way Dean put this in his book. He says, let's personalize it. Fill in the name of your church and your community. All right, Hamilton Square Baptist Church is Jesus' active presence in San Francisco, California and the Bay Area. This is where God has put us, and we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. You represent the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just Pastor Innes. It's not just Pastor Kelly. It's not just Pastor Pelletier. It's you and me in our community. We're to be reaching out and reaching out for the cause of Christ. The ascended Christ knows exactly what he's doing. He had this all planned out before the foundation of the world. And he knew who you would be, he knew who I would be, he knew what gift he wanted to give you, he knew the gift he wanted to give me, and he knew what purpose he had for that gift when he gave it to you. Now, will you use your gift in the work of Christ? I know we're in COVID. I know we're in lockdown. Maybe this is a good time for you to stop and pause and pray and say, Lord, what is my gift? What is it you've called me to do? what is it you want me to do you know I came to Hamilton Square because I knew God wanted me at Hamilton Square I knew I sensed a call to come here you have to look and see where does God want you and how does he want to use you in the local church hey if he doesn't want you in this local church find out where he does want you but get in there and get serving him and doing something for him in the cause of Christ now how are these gifts distributed we need to hit this very quickly as we get to the end. The Lord Jesus gave us these gifts, but it's the Holy Spirit who guides uh, God's people to use their unique gifts. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, let's skip there for just a minute, it says the ascended Christ, well, doesn't, in the scripture doesn't say the ascended Christ, it says He, that's talking about Jesus Christ, gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. You know, God sent apostles and prophets to write the scriptures under inspiration. Their work is done. We have the canon of scripture. Praise God. We have everything we need right here in God's word to know how to proceed in the work of God. But then he's also given pastors Uh, He's given evangelists to share the gospel, people who have that special gift. But he's also given pastors, and pastors are a key to the local church. Do you understand the gift that you have in a pastor? Uh, Just before the service tonight, I went and looked online and said, What is the average stay of a pastor in a local church, especially independent Baptist churches? And you know the average stay is somewhere between 5 and 8 years, and that's a stretch, because that means something only last 6 months. I know one church where a pastor lasted 9 months, he couldn't stay there anymore because he couldn't afford to live on what he was being paid. But then we have another pastor on the other end who's been here since Methuselah reigned the earth, and that's Pastor Innes, and uh, he's been around a long time. And the average is, it's a, it's a gift that we have a pastor like this. It's a gift like we have a, an associate pastor, like Pastor Kelly, who's related to our pastor and still has hung around for over 20 years. And, and he's still here serving the Lord in the church. I've been here a few years, too. Now, it's a gift that you have pastors, and you need to understand that what a gift that is. There are churches right now, some who are listening to us right now, who are looking for a pastor for their church. That is a gift. We can look at that. We'll look at that later in another lesson. But, you know, beyond the gift of pastors, you and I, just as a pastor is called to a local church, you and I have been called to use our unique gifts. Maybe you're the one who has the gift of giving. Maybe you're the one who has the gift of just working and coming alongside and being an encouragement and an exhorter. Whatever your gift is, you need to use it in the local church. So let's bring this to a conclusion. If you look at the last page of the notes there you see a picture that I put, a graphic that I put in in the past where it talks about the body of Christ. I think that may have been in the last week's lesson. And there are pictures a picture of a spleen and a brain and a pancreas and lungs and intestines. All of those are important parts of a body. But you don't want to look at any one of them by themselves. And none of them would survive by themselves. You and I need to use our gifts to be united together in the body of Christ to accomplish God's work. Now, you can't do this until, first of all, you've been born again. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, that's the first gift you need to accept, the gift of God, the the eternal life which comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you don't know how to do that, call the church office and we'll be glad to work with you on that. Most of you have heard this gospel message in the past and you need to pray and accept it for yourself. And then secondly, you need, to, you need to get baptized and you need to join a local church. And you need to start using your gifts for the glory of God through the local church. You know, God didn't create spare parts. He created everything he needed for our church. Hamilton Square needs your service if you're in, in our part of local, our local church. If you're in another local church, God needs you there. But you need to use your gifts for the glory of God. Do you remember the four questions which are guiding our study? Number one, what is growth? It is thriving. What causes growth? It's as we obey God's word. What am I helping or hindering my church's growth? I don't know. You'll have to answer that question. And fourthly, how can I help my church grow as a body? All right, well, let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the gifts that we've been given through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who guides us to find our own spiritual gifts and to use them in the body of Christ. Now, Lord, in our church, we've had a couple people this week who've been laid on our hearts to be uh, especially prayed for, Elizabeth Melilat and Cynthia Yick. Uh, Pastor Kelly asked us to pray for them especially this week, and I thank you for that reminder. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bless them in a very unique and special way. Help them to know your presence and grace and then be with those who are sick with the with the covid i pray that you be with those who are caring for them i pray lord that you'll help us now as we have time now to meditate upon what has been said tonight help us to seek out to know what your gift is for us and how we may use it in your service in jesus name we pray amen